There's something about German movie, why I made a curator's deck of the Hollywood fringe. Community, unity, heart, heart, heart. What's going on, people? How you feeling? This is another great episode of Hashtag TFR Podcast Live presents Observations by Crazy D with my special guest host who's not in the camera yet. I don't know what's going on. RG's ready. Is my sister T- Tanya. How you doing today, Tanya? I'm doing wonderful. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I can't complain under the circumstances, you know. Why complain? What good would it do for you, right? Right, right, exactly. So as we go through our, you know, population, populating here, letting people know that we are on, what's on your mind? Um, you know, in I think an appropriate subject matter during this uh, most uh, <laughs> challenging time is just dealing with fear and balancing what you know, balancing the situation and the realities of the situation with how we should be responding to it, uh, reacting to it. Um, things that we should be putting in place uh, in lieu of acting in haste and being fearful and being tossed to and fro with every news report. Fear is a tormentive thing and it's not something, I mean, it's, a, it's a, an emotion that's evoked or provoked by a certain situation based on the things that you, uh, the supposed outcomes of whatever it is that you have a fear for. And when this COVID situation hit, it was such a, a sudden thing because what is the first thing they showed you? The first thing I saw having to do with COVID was these uh, Chinese people that had on lab, um, Y'all excuse me, I'm putting on an earring, you know, little thing <laughs> that way. But, but these uh, Chinese people that were coming out of labs and they were just dropping dead on the street. Dropping and dead. And so you had other, dropping dead, like, or, or falling out. I'm not yeah. going to say it was given the appearance that they were dropping dead, dropping but something dead. was causing them, yeah, something was causing them to just fall out uh, out of the blue on the street, otherwise healthy people just walking around. So that was the first thing. They started out provo- promoting fear with this thing. They started out, the first thing they showed us was people falling out. And then they already had a name for it. So how you already have a name for what it is that people are falling out from? You already got the name. So it tells me in some respects that this was already something that was planned out now i don't have proof of that but my spirit just tells me that this was something that was planned out and it was rolled out in a particular manner to invoke fear first 
right? Not the information first, not the warning first that um, there's a virus or something that's on the horizon that seems to have gotten out of control. Because where are you going to tell us it started from, right? But the first thing they showed you was people passing out on the street, just passing out all ages. So there was no no way that you can pinpoint a particular age group or anything. So the picture was being painted that we got something for everybody. This is for everybody. This is one of those things that's going to be for everybody. Then once we start seeing that, then we start hearing more news about this coronavirus, right? And they start telling us that in times past, there were other coronaviruses uh, that went all the way up until 18 or something. So this one, this particular one, 19, uh, is it was unmanageable. So I'm thinking, how did we graduate through 18 other versions of the virus? And then we get to 19, and this is the one that is just deadly. Well, so what were you doing with one through 18? What were you doing with that, those that, that you hadn't contained it before then and it has gotten worse? So that lets me know that you, it, it tells me that you were experimenting for a point in time to get to something that was going to be unmanageable. So this was something that was formulated in a lab and then it was released by way of not keeping it contained in a hazardous uh, environment, you know, the hazardous uh, waste uh, containers and things like that. It wasn't handled, prop handled properly in its transport. And then why were you keeping it? I mean, why, what what uh, would prompt you to keep it? Oh, you're testing. So you're testing to see if what you created was powerful enough. And so then we go on with the fear and we tell the people, um, you know, we tell them, well, older people, so that they, they start put assigning things to it for you to hear so that you will assign a belief to it. Put if whatever you put your faith in. Uh oh, I can't hear you. Don't forget that they also assigned it to it was the Negro virus first. Remember, black people yes. were getting it at exorbitant numbers like just it was just too many black people getting it and that it was a black person disease because we are constantly on the front line for those who are just coming in you are watching hashtag tfr podcast live presents observations by crazy d with my special guest host my sister tanya Right, and we're just opening up the show, letting people come in. Make sure that you smash the like button, smash the share button, and make sure when you like what you hear, because we know you're gonna like what you hear, go over to Cash App and go to Dollar Sign TFR Podcast Live. That's Dollar Sign TFR Podcast Live, and smash a few dollars on that. And of course, the phone lines are open at 213-943-3358, 213-943-3358 for you to call in and give your opinion on things. We're here. We, we have a robust show getting ready to come up. So 
uh, stay tuned for that. But go ahead, Tanya, as I go ahead and continue to populate. Go ahead and tell them what's what's happening in your in your thoughts. Um, and so we go from there, from where they they opened it up, and and so they showed you the the visual. People's dropping dead. Then they uh, start telling you what people were not going to be able to overcome. That's pretty. That's pretty bold to say what people th that were gonna be harder to be able to deal with the virus and would more than likely uh, pass because they would not have the the health strength to to overcome it. So they label a demographic of the elderly and they named a demographic of people with pre-existing conditions. And then as Dee said, they, they were clear at the outset that this was a disease that was affecting black people immensely and and first right <laughs> so they've targeted three demographics to me see now this saw this show is called observation so we observe beyond the surface right so as i got to thinking about these demographics of people that they cited first what it brought to me is these people were expendable and lacked value if you are you have pre-existing conditions you are considered flawed uh, and I, I want you guys to know I'm not saying this. This is my thoughts concerning the demographics that were targeted as people who were not going to be able to overcome this virus. So, so the elderly, they're expendable. You can no longer get the manpower work out of them. Uh, they're done. They're retired. Um, you're actually paying them uh, the retirement that you owe them. Uh, so they are a liability and they're expendable. All right. People with pre-existing conditions, they're taking up a lot of uh, hospital beds. They are uh, they are very costly to contend with, especially those who do not have health insurance. Uh, so they are expendable and there's no more use for them. They're in the way. All right. And I'm not saying this. You know, I have been previously diagnosed with pre-existing conditions that are no longer present. So I do I, I do feel that pain of possibly or, or once being a part of that demographic. Right. And then we have black people. Well, certainly because you don't have free labor, you can't get them all in the prison systems they ain't enough prisons. You got the free labor in the prison systems. You can't get them all in there. So the ones that are not in prison, you don't really need them because you can't. Uh, you know, they're making money, so they're drawing away from the economy and they're drawing away from your economy, you know. So these are the things. So as they put these things out there on these demographics, if you accept that and you believe that you have now owned that. All right. You own it. If you begin to fear it and you accept it as a truth, now you have owned it. And then the the direction of, of things comes that way for you because you you got in fear. It's very important for us to understand that the God that we have reigning on the inside of us, the spirit of fear is not a part of that. It's boldness. Now, caution, yes. Wisdom, yes. Concerns, yes. But fear, no. Okay. But when you have a, a vehicle such as the media that is constantly inundating you with information, so one day it's one way, another day it's another way, just say you don't know what the heck is going on. 
Y'all don't know you didn't unleash something. You don't know you didn't, you know, you made a pot of greens and you forgot to put a, a, an ingredient in it. Now it don't taste right. You trying to figure it out. Just say that. You know, don't keep giving, you know, the CDC says something. The Center for Disease Control. The Center for Disease Control that did not control a disease. Something is wrong. They just need to be abolished. The Center for Disease Control that does not control disease. That's good. So how much are y'all getting paid to not control disease? Center for Disease Control. Then we have the World Health Organization. Well, let's see. The World Health Organization uh, is, I'm assuming by its title, supposed to be concerned with the health of the world. Is that, I mean, I would assume that, okay? World Health Organization. And the CDC, the Center for Disease Control. They're supposed to work together. You know, the Center for Disease Control, uh, you know, communicates with the World Health Organization to keep the health of the world safe, you know, Yet you guys come out with the report of the demographic that are more susceptible to go. So you're not the World Health Organization. What kind of organization for health are you? Because so far, nothing has come out that's been positive or an assurance of anything with all these experts, these highly paid experts that don't know anything, right? So we're just as fine, you know, uh, coming up with our own conclusions as to how we're going to treat the COVID virus concerning us as to listen to anything that's coming across the news from either of those organizations, right? So we have to get in a, uh, with this, the things that's going on, we have to get in a mind, a mind state instead of being governed by a mindset as D talked about a couple of shows ago, the difference between a mindset and a mind state. We're gonna have to come out of having our mindset by programming, uh, channel programming, you know, to believe certain things because once you believe those things, you own those things and they become a source of fear for you. Scripture says fear has torment. Why? Because you're always worrying about it and you're always thinking about it. You're always concerned, well, is it gonna be me? And you'll be as Job was when he says, that which I have feared the most has come upon me. Right? That's That which you fear most will come upon you. You've drawn it through your conversation, through your words, through your inner spirit of attracting it by owning it. Right? So we have to, we have to get into changing our minds about everything. Every, everything, I can't hear you, D. Everything that we have been born into, understand we were born into a system. We were born into systems. We were born into the educational system. We were born into the religious system. We were born into the financial system. We were born into systems. We went through 12 years of education and beyond to learn how to be a citizen in this system of operation that by and large does us a big disservice somebody's benefiting from it though and if you notice across the board there's fear in everything when they want to control a people you just issue a fear 
you issue something that seems like it's insurmountable. Oh, but you and your humanness, you can't handle this. That's the problem with what we believe. Uh, no, this is another show, but we're not just human. Some people, some of the groups got it right. Yeah, we are gods. Got it right. Yeah. So we are gods. So we have to say uh, good morning to Patrice. She's uh, watching. What's going on to Tracy? She's watching this morning. We are simulcasting. Hey, uh, we are simulcasting on Facebook at the Film Review Movies, Music, Culture, Politics, Society podcast page on FB. We're on Periscope at TFR Podcast Live. And we are broadcasting on Vimeo. That's right. All the links are in, you know, on the page. We're also on Crazon Dion page. And we're also on Tanya M. Congress page. Make sure that you friend those pages. And the phone line to call in once we get into the discussion deeply. 213-943-3358. You might as well go ahead and call in on that line as we continue the uh, conversation through. Might as well okay. call in on that line and cancel those other sounds and we'll check you out. Okay, people. So let's get going for today. Let's get going, right? So we're talking about fear and overcoming fear, right? So this first meme you know, there, there's so much going on that it takes more than just one show. Because, you know, we had a flagship show, the film review, hashtag TFR Podcast Live, that comes on Sundays at 5.30 on the Film Review Live channel on YouTube, 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Check your local time zones and global time zones to come in. But we're on every Sunday. And, of course, we broadcast live and we stream on different uh, platforms but talking about fear and opening up this meme came across and I thought it was pretty interesting telling black men to respect cops so they don't get killed is like telling women to dress appropriately so they don't get raped Right? Let's say it again. Telling black men to respect cops so they don't get killed is like telling women to dress appropriately so they don't get raped. Right? Now this is this is an interesting meme. Uh, I thought it was interesting and I brought that up just to warm it up first. So that's that. So we're talking about respecting cops, but we have cops doing things like this, right? Doing things like this. You see, this meme has been out for a while. It's been out for quite some time, but with what happened in Wisconsin, right? But what happened with over with Wisconsin a few days ago? This is a perfect example of what's happening, and we're supposed to respect police officers when they're saying, "Thank you 
for patrolling with us, Citizen Patrol. This is a Citizen Patrol, and what are you actually patrolling against? It would appear that you're patrolling against uh, the person that you see illustrated down on the ground getting roughed up and cuffed up, looking up and saying, how is he able to walk around like that when it's just the skin that I'm in and it's a problem? So here we are. Let me, let, me, let me bring you up and see if we got good sound on you so we can talk through you this way. Talk for me. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? I don't hear you at all. I really don't. Okay, hang on. I hear you coming through the main signal, but I don't hear you coming through on the uh, phone, phone line. Just things okay, to iron out people as we go along. Okay, um, I'm in here. Okay, okay, I, I hear something. I heard something, but I'm not here. Okay, you. I'm here. I'm here. I am here. I am oh, here. Okay, we'll figure we'll figure that out because uh, I'm not I'm not hearing you. We'll come back to that. Okay, people. So look, what do you say to that, Tanya? What do you think about that? Wait a minute, I have to come back in here. What do you think about that image? Where the the guy with the semi-automatic and a pistol walks past as the black man is down on the ground and the police officer is going, thank you for patrolling with us. Thank you for patrolling. I mean, that, are you able to hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, that particular thing is a real kick in the teeth uh, to us, especially since there have been so many demonstrated offenses from uh, Caucasian people. And for for those of you who who are listening and are Caucasian, please don't get in your feelings. We're stating facts, not not racial uh, rhetoric. Okay. So. Um, it's been a demonstrated fact in other situations that have gone down that involve those of the Caucasian persuasion that have walked in places, shot up churches, shot up restaurants, shot up schools, and all kinds of things like that. Uh, the ratio in cases of black people doing that in those type of open arenas um, outside of a purpose like gang violence and stuff like that, where there was beef going on, I mean, just open fire in a public forum. The cases of that, the ratio for black people is low compared to that of, of white people, all right? So when you come up with an illustration like this, I mean, I, I know depending on who who cited the, the I can assume who cited the, uh, the meme, um, it's giving the, it's auda audacious. It's like to look at that image is to give you the feeling of the nerve, the unmitigated gall of a law enforcement officer allowing something like this. Now, the other day we had a caller who said that um, we were only seeing the aftermath um, of 
you know, what what happened and he was acting in self-defense regardless of that, he's wearing an AR-14. You know, this is not a normal weapon that you're just walking around with, all right? This is not something that you're just walking around with uh, in anticipation of being harassed or things like that. If you are licensed to carry, which he was underage. So if you are, if you have a conceal and carry, um, you know, that would probably be a pistol that's in your waistband or in a holster or something like that. You wouldn't be walking around with something like that in the open, even if you were of age to carry. That's ridiculous. And so, you know, when you look at this illustration, it's, it's really describing how dumb and how ridiculous it is that you would see something like that and how unbalanced it is. It also speaks to the fact that there is open racism among law enforcement. And then, you know, take it further. I'm not saying all law enforcement. I'm saying it's enough for it to be a problem in just about every city in America, though. It's enough for it to be a problem. I bet you on every police squad, there's somebody who's racist. On every police squad, there's somebody who is. So as long as you got those somebodies, you're going to have problems like this. This is ridiculous. Thank you for coming out and patrolling with us. That kid looked like he was about 14, 15 years old. And, and that his elevator only went to three instead of 10, up to 10. So he had two strikes against him and he's walking around with an AR-15, uh, 14, whatever it's called. You walking around with that. And nobody thinks that's strange. Law enforcement don't think that's strange. Their their elevators are only going to three as well. Yeah. Now this right here. Update. Kenosha shooter. All right. Update. Kenosha shooter. Uh, Rittenhouse faces life in prison after deadly protest shooting. Now. He faces life, right? Because he came all the way from Illinois. And we have illustration to show you how absurd this is. He comes all the way from Illinois and travels into Wisconsin, going up to Kenosha, which if you know, Kenosha is right there, almost at the top by uh, Lake Michigan. He travels in. I don't know where he came from. Did he come from Kankakee? We, we don't know. We don't know. But he traveled in that far to do this, and now he's up on charges. Now, here's the interesting part about this. He's up on charges. He could face life, right? Automatic. Automatic. You know, like, usually when those things happen, they don't usually come out and tell you. So... I'm going to take a page from Allah Charlemagne and I'm going to ask you, Tanya, what race do you think the victims were? Absolutely black. Now, let, let, let's go over it again. I'll give you one more time. One more time. Kenosha Shooter, <laughs> Kyle Rittenhouse faces life in prison after deadly protest shooting, right? Now, remember Dylan Roof in South Carolina, right? You know, 
It, it got so bad to a point that the people had to forgive. Then the governor at the time, Haley, she started crying at the at the home going. Remember that? Remember Never mind. That? I just changed crying. my answer. I just changed my answer. Wait, 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 I wait. just changed my wait, answer. Wait, wait. <laughs> so she was just crying, and then the young lady went up and took the the Confederate flag down from off of the Capitol, and they arrested her, and it was it was really bad. It was really bad. So he could face life in prison after this deadly protest shooting tell they me white. what they were white what what <laughs> race do you think the victims were, were they were white because had they been black it would have been like uh oh well you know we're uh waiting to we're going over the uh uh we're going over the files uh we're going over the testimonies we're going over all of this stuff. I mean, how long is it going to take you to go over it? All right. You see, yeah. So, yeah, I didn't think about that. Kenosha shooter Kyle Rittenhouse faces life. You're not facing life initially for killing somebody black if you're white. You're not facing life. You're, you're not. You're facing freedom. Here's the big reveal. Here are the two victims of it. Is they look like white Jesus and white Joseph. And you know white <laughs> Jesus and white Joseph, right? Are, are you know, you, you made a mistake, you know. It's not like, you know, we don't value white life around here, but you know, really, we had Mike call up yesterday, right, Tanya? Yeah. Let me bring this down some so we can really communicate here. We had white Mike. We had Mike call in, not white Mike. You know, we don't have a black Mike calling. Yeah, white white Mike. We had white Mike. Call I do in know a white Mike. I do know a white Mike. There's a white Mike here in Cleveland. Yeah, that's right. There's always there's a white John too. You know, white Bob. You know, usually they usually they hang in the hood. But anyway, look. So, <laughs> so. He said that this is easily self-defense. This is a easily is self-defense. You know, it's whites killing whites. And you know what? I agree with Mike. I believe that old Kyle should just get off and go home. Be handed back his AR 15, 17, whatever it is and just going about his life and become a police officer because look it's white on white crime it's like not that we devalue white jesus and white joseph but it's sad it's sad it's, the people are putting skin in the game now what if what if mike because i know you're listening what if mike they were there to do some espionage and, and really uh, this Kyle guy killed people on his own team. How about that? How about that? What, what, what if he did that? What do you have to say? What do you have to say? What do you have to say about this? This is crazy. What do you have to say? On your own team? That would be treacherous. 
I mean, <laughs> but he only faces life. That's that's the whole thing. He only faces life. So because he is under 18, see, I believe that, uh, again, I think he was selected uh, for this crime. And because he's under 18, so they're going to try him. Kyle, Caucasian Kyle, is going to be tried as a juvenile so that the rest of his life is not ruined. So once Kyle is tried, he has to be tried and convicted as a juvenile in order for this to work. So he's going to be tried as a juvenile. Those documents are going to be sealed. And then he's going to go into his adult life, going to the police academy and being able to train for the police academy without a psych evaluation, by the way. You know, a lot of that, that's the problem. No psych evaluations. So he's going to get into the police academy without a psych evaluation. And we're going to see Kyle again. Unfortunately, we will see Kyle again. And all yeah, of because his... It's, because it's like, here they are doing this. The police did that thing. See, I, I leave that particular meme up because they said, hey, here, here's some water for you. Thanks for patrolling with us. And then he goes and he kills two Caucasians who were out there protesting or were they out there, were they Antifa? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. Kyle plus, look, Kyle was given the red carpet. He he was given the red <laughs> carpet treatment, right? They rolled the red carpet out for him. They saw his hood. They they saw the long, they, they're calling it a long rifle, but it's a semi-automatic rifle, okay? But they're calling it a long rifle, whatever. You know, it's a semi-automatic weapon, okay? It's, a, it's something that you see in war, right? AR-15, 17, it's like the <laughs> version of the AK-47, just made for urban, I hate that word, urban, but look. They rolled out the red carpet for him and they did all that, gave him water and all that. And the only reason I believe that they would even say that he was going to be facing charges, uh, severe charges like that, like life, he's 17, life, oh my, is because he killed two Caucasians. They're killing their own people. So look, look, people. We have to go and do some history. We have to do history and find out where people come from, right? We had to find out where people actually come from. So this is the lineage of the Rittenhouse family. Where is... Where is Rittenhouse family from? And when you find out, when you, when you do the research, you find out that originally they came into the United States through Canada. Now this map right here is 1840. This is when the Rittenhouses as a, as a group 
came across the Canadian border into the United States. You know, here at the Film Review, we do research. So this is 1840. As you see, the rest of America is not even sold yet. You know, like that's still owned by like Texas and all that and all that is still owned by Mexico and uh, the wars haven't happened yet. Right, but look, so look at the map real good. And you see that the main stronghold of Rittenhouse is in Pennsylvania, right? Above it, you see New York, you see all that, right? So we have all the different states laid out, right? There's uh, Wisconsin and there's Illinois, right? So you're looking at Illinois and you're looking at Wisconsin. And when you look at um, Lake Michigan, where the Wisconsin is kind of tilted, is kind of where Kenosha is, kind of to the edge of Lake Michigan, right? So this is how they come in. Now, so let, let's run down some information about the uh, written house people. Predominantly from Canada, li living in Pennsylvania, Rittenhouse has mm. been in America since 1840. The name has been in America since 1840. That's pretty long. That's pretty long in the United States, but that's not as long as us. They're right. immigrants, right? So this is very important to understand that these people are immigrants, right? Not here as long as we have been here. Say, right? 1619, right. right? And even before that, we were here. All this territory, they say, isn't cut out in, in, in America as America. There are black people living on that land, right? Besides the people who are enslaved. Okay, so let's keep that together. Since 1840, again, that's pretty long, but that's not as long as American, well, black people have been here, then later we're called American blacks, right? By 1920, okay, so let, let's uh, switch this up, because you know, we're here to give information to you, right? We're not just here just to gripe and complain, we're here to actually give information. So let me bring the other map up. Let's look at 1920. Move this over, bring this down so people can see it. Here it is. By 1920, you see the Rittenhouse has spread across America. We're in trouble, right? Again, they came across Canada and still their stronghold is in Pennsylvania. But as you see, they had they made Illinois a little more greener. They're in Ohio, right? They're in Indiana, right? Indi what's what's uh, Indiana known for, Tanya? What's Indiana known for? It's right there on the map. I don't think that you can see it, but Indiana is known. Well, first of all, Indiana is known for our vice president, uh, Mike Pence, right? The Indiana Hoosiers, right? Uh, uh, the Coach Knight, right? They're known for that. But what is the main thing that Indiana is known for?
the main thing that Indiana is known for is those three little letters under the state name Indiana. It is the home of the Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. The Ku Klux Klan, right? So, so look at this now. So look at the map. Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin. What's that over there on the other side? That's Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota. What has been in the news lately but these states? And then, of course, above uh, Indiana and Ohio is Michigan, right? But they, Michigan hasn't quite been in the news so much because they just finished, quote-unquote, paying Flint, Michigan off, right? So as you're seeing this, right, you're seeing that you got Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, uh, then you go up and it's Wisconsin, and then it's Minnesota. All of this is on fire. This is on fire. So look, the Rittenhouse have spread out and they're in every state except for four. I'm looking at it now. There's four states that they are not in. And three of the states are easy to know, right? It's, it's real easy to know. And, and, and all, man, in fact, all four of the states that they aren't in are easy to know. Can you tell what states those are? One has to do with a famous potato. Easy. Idaho. Okay. And then right above it is a state that's, that's you know, happy to my heart. What state is that? Right next to California. Nevada. That's right. And then, of course, there's the panhandle down there. And what's that called? That would be Florida. See, only the white ones. See, the white ones, they're not in there. The white ones, right? Right? And then there is, of course, right here, right there. What state is that that you see right there? This right underneath Ohio. That is Kentucky. That's the Mason-Dixon line, right? That's Kentucky, because right below it is Tennessee. Tennessee. And then the last state that they are not in is M-I, crooked letter, crooked letter, I, crooked letter, crooked letter, I, humpback, humpback, I. They're not in Mississippi. That's right. So this is where these people are located, where they are spread out. So I could tell you, everyone who has that name is being bombarded with questions. Are you related? Are you related? You have to be related because you came in from Canada when you do the research, right? So by 1920, none in 
those particular states. Average Rittenhouse lifespan. Are you ready for this? The average Rittenhouse, Rittenhouse lifespan, right? Their, their, their average lifespan is in the 1940s, they only lived to be 33 years old. Wow. That's pretty young, right? That's young. Now, by the two by 2004, their average lifespan is 76. 76 is young. So if I'm a person and I'm in a family and most of the males die out at about 76, I really don't feel at 17, the reverse of 71, that I'm even gonna be here very long. It could be between 33 years or 76 years because of the type of stock I come from. So why wouldn't I go out there and just throw my life away? What'd you have to say to that? <laughs> That's a thought. I mean, you don't have, you wanna be, you wanna make the news and be famous uh, for something before your life ends. So you go and do something like that. But what I found interesting is they said that his mother drove him up there. Did you hear that? Uh, that his mother drove him there? Um, that's one report that I heard that his mother had driven him there. I don't know how true that is because I didn't investigate it, but um, that would be that would be consistent with with that uh, that mindset mindset that the mother uh, would want to want her son to do something that they would consider big. That shows how that that elevator number three floor number three is just permeating throughout the whole line. Um, you will want, you know, you want your son to do something important and something monumental. So he goes into a city and you would drive him there. That would be consistent. It's believable. Listen, it may not be true, listen. but it's believable. 213-943-3358. That's 213-943-3358 to let your opinions be known. This group of people came into America in 1840. They are immigrants. They're not, you know, the people are talking, people talk about a ethno, a white ethno state. And when you break down what white ethno state means, it means that different ethnic groups that consider themselves white by the system that the United States has put down. But these people are immigrants and they did not build this. By the time they came in, it was rolling already off the backs of now what we call ourselves American Blacks. That's right. It was rolling off of that. And if it wasn't for the free labor, they wouldn't be able to come in and get a job. Right? So 213-943-3358. Right. This 
white ethno state and this is what this guy is fighting for they only live until they're between 33 to 76 years old unbelievable and then we have this meme right here right as we're running down we're running down the information to let you know what's going on dear white people let me add let me add some caveats into that before uh, let me add some caveats and preface in that before we uh, let me put a couple of commas in between dear white people and what the sign says in the young gentleman's hand right dear white people who have not been in the United States to even claim any rights to be an American dear white people so and dear white people who were not the ruling class who enslaved the first 20 in 1619 in Virginia dear white people who were brought in to try to level out the amounts because black people were birthing children at a fast rate and those who were in power were afraid that they would be overtaken in population by people who were enslaved and then the former slaves so they start bringing in immigrants and you go through a while and you do certain things for the state and then they will give you the categorization. You will be categorized as white. Dear white people, <laughs> stop using Dr. King as an example of a peaceful protest. You shot him too. You shot him too. What do you have to say to that? Well, they're right. So, um, Dr. King is being used as the example and in reference back, but there was so much going on there. Yeah, they they met the gunman may have been white, but you know his own people cut the deal. You understand? So at this point, like we were talking about yesterday, we're going to have to think smart and strategize and unify to get the the uh, changes that we need. These protests, I mean, I think James Brown had a song about talking loud and saying nothing. If we're well, Dr. King was what in the 60s. So if we're 40, 50 years past that time and we still protesting about the same things, they're saying, yeah, 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 we hear you, we hear you. We're going to allow you out there to march and sing We Shall Overcome and do all that stuff. But not listening. You know, so what he, what the sign is saying is, we don't need y'all's advice about what a peaceful protest is. We don't need your advice on anything 
along those lines because when the person that you do look to as a peaceful protester did the peaceful protesting, you got rid of them. So really there's nothing to be said from the, the other side about that. You know, and it's hard to, when we're articulating such things, people get in their feelings and they're like, well, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. We're with you. We're with you and we understand where you're coming from. It's not fair that you would put me in the same category as those other people. I'm not like that. My heart is not like that. Uh, you know, but, but it's nevertheless, there is a division and what we do with that uh, comes again with strategy and the condition of your own heart, what we do with the division. But there is a division and it's clear that somebody doesn't want the division not to be the division. So at this point, we have to find other ways of doing things other than protesting. We have to strategize behind the scenes and, and learn laws and legislations and, you- and things like that. You know, um, uh, Tracy Latrice said, the Jackson 5, uh, Patrice said, uh, birthplace of the KKK. Tracy oh, Latrice Indiana, says, yeah. yep. And Tracy Latrice said, the mother should be charged also, right? Mm-hmm. Now in this- The police this, too. Huh? The who? The police, the police too, because they saw him walking down the street with that type of weapon and and, and uh, validated it. So they should be charged too. Yeah, you see, that's where I don't really get, you know, where they're going with this because those police officers just saw him and gave him water and it was on their cams, right? It was on their chest cams, right? They saw them and they have the audio of them saying that they're going to have to lose their jobs. Is it worth it to lose your job? 213-943-3358. Is it is it worth losing your job? Smash that cash app. Dollar sign TFR Podcast Live. Dollar sign TFR Podcast Live. For those coming in, we are you are watching hashtag TFR Podcast Live Observations by Crazy D with my special guest host Tanya Congress. Right now, people, you know what, D? I just thought about something. They seem to have been identifying with him as something else other than a police officer and a civilian. They had some other point of of recognition amongst themselves that's the reason for the the salute or whatever it was it was it was some other form of identification between them and it wasn't a police officer to civilian it was whatever those officers practice uh practice behind the scenes that was what was being identified between them isn't that the truth isn't that the truth so look people Within this war that they, they seem to want so much, we, we, we mustn't forget Makai 
Xavier Johnson and Gavin Long as when black people were being taken out by police officers well they we don't know if we would recommend this but they said hey enough is enough we're gonna go with an eye for an eye and many people think many people think that when Jesus came he said forgive turn the other cheek but he also said that he came to fulfill the law he didn't come to destroy it he came to fulfill it so when you start turning your cheeks how many cheeks you gonna turn how many cheeks will you turn before you say <laughs> what did you say you get one turn just one I, I have two so you hit one I'll turn the other one. After the other one, it's all fair game. And you're within your biblical legal right to go that way. Not to mention that, you know, we're going through this situation with the police officers, right? But back in the time when Biden, back at the time of Reagan in particular, there was the cocaine being released into the uh, black neighborhoods, right? Mm -hmm. Changed and changed into what you call ready rock, right? Uh, a formula, unlike Biden said, Biden in a speech recently said that it came from the Bahamas, Bahamas, but actually it came from San Francisco and it was a book that was going around since the 60s when the Panthers were out, scientists had come up with the chemical formula to create Ready Rock, which they call crack cocaine. Now, meet Gary Webb. He was the reporter who went into the jails and talked to Freeway Ricky Ross, right? In 1996, Gary exposed how the CIA hired drug traffickers to sell massive amounts of cocaine in the United States in order to raise untraceable funds to finance a terrorist organization who were trying to overthrow the Noriega... Nicaraguan. Nicaraguan, yeah, boy. Government. These massive shipments of cocaine ultimately sparked the crack epidemic that pre-seminated into cities during the 90s. As a recent mainstream media... I can't read these words because it's too small. Verified. Gary Webb and destroyed his oh, vilified. You know, there it is. Media vilified Gary Webb and destroyed his career, which also destroyed his marriage. But he refused to back down. In 2004, he was found dead with two bullet wounds to the back of his head. Right? But it was ruled a suicide. You see? <laughs> Not only do we have to deal with, not only do we have to deal with 
police officers, but we have to deal with a government that would first put cocaine into the neighborhoods to fund a war, the Iran-Contra scandal, as they called it, because they were the Contras, right? Not only you have to deal with that, but then you have to deal with the fact that uh, Biden takes that opportunity. He takes that opportunity to then in 88 under Bush one to push for a hundred to one, a hundred to one, a hundred cocaine to one, uh, rock cocaine to cocaine one. That means that the white boys that were sniffing the coke get smacked in the hand. And Biden, in a recent speech, said that it came from, uh, again, that it came from the Bahamas. It didn't. It came from San Francisco. You can research this. So everything is on the net, right? It didn't come from there. It came from San Francisco. And he says that once they found out that the molecular structure of it, once you hit it, you didn't come back. It wasn't like sniffing cocaine in beautiful neighborhoods like this. This is what he says. Beautiful neighborhoods like this. He's talking to a majority Caucasian audience. So it's not, there's no coming back. So that's why we had to lock them up. Right? Unbelievable. Just an unbelievable thing. Some things that people can't, you know, really understand or take. What you have to say to that? What do you think? Um, when I think about all that this this government has done, I mean, you know, there's mixed there's mixed feelings about America being the greatest country on earth. And I mean, you know. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not going nowhere and killing my own food and cooking it and all of that. So uh, for that reason, <laughs> I guess you could say so. But when you think of the corruption that's in the Central Intelligence Agency, the Federal Bureau of Investigations and that other uh, major, um, the other major one that they do. And then whenever they get rid and for whatever reason, they use their powers and realms of authority to just do anything, to do anything. And for uh, Gary Webb, I saw that story. That was a movie, you know, a movie about him. And I saw that story and that that they will take away your your speech, your rights of speech. They violate every kind of law to stop you from telling and sharing information. That's the name of the game. And so, I mean, what can you do with that? When you have a government, they're all intertwined. You have these agencies that are intertwined doing this different stuff. You're going to have to learn how to live on the fly and learn how to operate in wisdom and operate in unity. It is clear by so many years of history that nobody's going to give you anything you can you can tout you know well you know they brought us over here i mean for some of for some of our ancestors that's true that we were brought here for some not you know but you can use that and and make all the reasonings in the world why 
Um, things should be seen differently. Laws should be passed in our favor and things like that. But we're going to have to become a self-contained entity. That's basically what it boils down to. We're going to have to become a self-contained entity. And so that means somebody's got to be chiefs and somebody's got to be Indians. Everybody is not capable of leading, though they may talk a lot. They're not capable of leading to this magnitude. You need people with strategy. You need people with heart. You need people with um, strong uh, spiritual communications with God uh, who are in tune with who they are uh, with God. You need that kind of leader to lead this kind of movement. It has to be where we are a self-contained entity within a country you know, you don't want to separate from the protections of the laws, you know. So a lot of people are doing that. Our sovereign uh, sisters and brothers, they're separating themselves from the protections of the laws in case y'all didn't know that. It sounds good that you're sovereign, but you ain't really sovereign. You're still spending this money. You still, uh, you know, you don't have nations within a nation. You just have to learn how to function as a free-thinking, independent entity within the nation. All right? We're not sovereign because <laughs> you're still gonna you're still subject to some of the same things as long as you're using this currency. If you're gonna be sovereign. You got to separate from the currency as well. You know that's pretty much it on that. You know, there's a group of people who are talking about. But to me, it's running from America, right? Talking about they're gonna go back to Africa. First of all. I wasn't born in Africa. I wasn't born in Africa, so I don't know anything about Africa. It's just like I wasn't born in California. You know, I can have some uh, something that I relate to, but I don't know the whole ins and outs of what California. It's like a Californian wouldn't know the whole ins and outs of Ohio, etc., etc., etc. Right. They're running and they're talking about let's basically become pioneers. Let's go back over there and you know they're gonna welcome us with open arms. I'm sorry to tell you the only time they open they welcome you with open arms is when they're saying, Brother, brother, welcome home, brother, brother, brother. When you're in the tourist area, you go out the tourist area, watch out. You know, watch out, right? So with this hurricane, Laura did, just came through. They ripped through Texas and Louisiana. That reminds me of a buddy of mine that we went to school together in high school for one year. But when I opened my store, he shopped with me constantly. He was based in Cleveland, Ohio, but he worked the high tension lines, the high voltage lines when the hurricanes would come, North Carolina, et cetera, et cetera, hit all the places where the hurricanes hit. He was one who would go out and who goes out still and turns, fixes the high tension wires and turns the electricity back on for the people. He and his electric mm-hmm. company uh, team, um, you know, do you, people People talk this and it sounds good while you're talking it, but do you have the knowledge 
to make an electrical grid that, that does not have rolling outages constantly because they have rolling outages. Now, if you are a skilled technician that knows how to do that, they would love you and you would come there and keep them, Nigeria, from having rolling electrical outages, right? Do you know how to make an electrical grid? Do you know how govern, government works? Do you know what your position would be? I mean, all of this sounds nice in theory, but if you don't know how to get running water, make it run, uh, run the, uh, the piping necessary, run the sewer system, run all that, run, know how to create an electrical grid that works in the place where you're going. You're not ready to leave the United States because really you have been kept in a bubble and you have been protected beyond just, you know, having to deal with the cops and the racists. But you as an American black person have been protected because you know nothing about this and you're, you're not pushing your children to learn anything about this. Because what goes along with laying the fiber optic cables is knowing how the electric grid works, how the sewer system is running. Do you know schemas of houses? There are people who come out who are cable guys, black cable guys, like the black cable guys in Cleveland, Ohio, you know, they come out and they look at the side of the building and say, okay, we'll just run the wire right here. And they run it right through and they're there, they're done in about 15 minutes, right? They do all the checks. They run, they finish wearing, running the wires in about 15 minutes. And then they're checking to make sure that there's no gaps or cuts in the signal. Do you even know how to do that while you're talking about going back to Africa? Which brings us to our main topic of the night, right? We're going to, we're getting ready to pour some libations. Are you ready, people? Are you ready? Are you ready? We're getting ready to pour some libations, some libations. We're not talking about Unfortunately, though, if you thought that we were talking about that type of libation, we're not. We're not talking about that libation. We are talking about pouring libations like this. Pouring libations, connecting with our ancestors. You know, your ancestors are there for you. You just open you pour out a little bit you know when Tupac would say pour out a little liquor right or you pour out and you say for the people who are not here and we give libations and our ancestors come to us and give us inspiration because we are standing on the shoulders of giants right you know let that sink in for a minute let that Deep in for a minute. We are 
standing on the shoulders of giants. And I remember a person once told me that they had a favorite relative come to them and they woke up from out of a dream and the person was standing at the head of the bed and, and I just so happened to just comment, you know, I say, some people believe that those aren't actually your loved ones, but those are demons trying to uh, trick you. Like, you may think that that is your relative, but in actuality, it is a demon playing on your need to believe that you will see your relative again in this plane, right? And so this is what we're talking about. Pouring libations in, you know, in many of the, like, Europa tribe, people who are practicing African, some of the people who are saying they're going back, I'll be, I'm, I'm I often ask, when are you leaving? Leave your house and uh, everything to me, and you know, you just head on back over there, right? But many people believe that they believe in uh, pouring libations and uh, connecting with the ancestors, and it's a spiritual experience and all that. And you see it in the movies. Like, have you ever seen that movie called um, Angel Heart? Oh, yeah, by the way, yes. speaking of movies, uh, Tracy Latrice said, check out. Kill the Messenger, that's the um, Gary Webb story about right. uh, he and um, Ricky Ross, right? But anyway, Angel Heart, there are scenes where there are people practicing, there's voodoo and then there's hoodoo. Hoodoo is the good, voodoo is the supposed to be the bad or maybe just Caucasians in the movies said it was voodoo because they couldn't understand the drum and they always showed a black man with those waxy covered eyes stop the drums stop the drums stop the drum and so you see this in the movies and I'm asking I'm saying if the ancestors are able to do this how come the ancestors haven't come? Like Paul Mooney said a joke. If there was a such thing as ghosts, white people would be... You remember Paul Mooney, right? <laughs> if, if there was a such thing as ghosts, these white folks would be getting there, torn by the ghosts of slaves. If there was such thing as ghosts. So if the ancestors are so powerful, you know, why aren't they ripping into these Caucasians who have oppressed, oppressed, had us in a system? 213-943-3358. 213-943-3358. Where are the ancestors? Tanya, where are the ancestors? Where, where are they? 
Um, before I, I enter into this, I'm going to try to give you a condensed version, but I want to preface it by saying that um, the information or the things that I'm going to say are in no way to be um, to downplay any particular individual to say that you're not intelligent, uh, that you don't have any foresight or insight or anything like that. Um, that's not my heart to do that. My, my thing is to share information and to put you on a track where you don't, you're not dependent on things you don't have to be dependent on, okay? So this thing with pouring out libations to the ancestors, particularly regarding our people, we have the one dynamic that a lot of our people practiced a Christian, Christianity as a religion which the Christianity, I was touching on it yesterday, that we have practiced uh, did not include a lot of what Jesus himself taught, yet it is Christianity, right? But uh, the Christian is supposed to mean that you are Christ-like. However, you see very little Christ-likeness in this Christianity, all right? So consequently, a lot of the, what we will call esoteric, knowledge basis that uh, Jesus touched upon during his teaching and a lot of the things that he practiced were not carried over into this Christianity. So by and large, this Christianity labels everything witchcraft, everything that's outside of what is being taught in its its particular denominational doctrines or whatever is considered witchcraft when not everything is witchcraft. All right. Not everything is, but there are some things that cross the line into that. And we have to be educated as to what those things are and whether they are needful or not needful and the things that they can generate in the negative or the positive. All right. Now, there's a difference between science and there's a difference between the crafts or the witchcraft, or witchcraft is basically manipulating nature, manipulating things that are outside of your realm to do uh, by purpose to get something that's to your own gain without necessarily the sanction of God in doing so, right? So when we get to pouring out libations on our ancestors, we are doing things like summoning uh, if you've ever seen a movie where somebody is summoning, they're doing a seance or they're summoning a spirit, they're summoning a demon. Now, that may not be the intention. You're pouring, most people pour out libations to give honor to the ancestors. I'm giving, I'm pouring honor, I'm recognizing you as what you did. I know what you did in history. I'm giving you honor. So I'm pouring this out for you. Think about that though. You're pouring an intoxicant out for your ancestor. Now, have you ever questioned whether this is a godly practice with a godly result? Or is this just a tradition of man uh, with no results? Or is it a tradition of man that draws things into the earth that do not belong? Could this be the reason why a lot of things still persist as they do because of different practices that are done out of ignorance. Could this be why? And as Dee said earlier, 
He said, if the ancestors are so powerful, how come, you know, other things are not happening? If you if you would think of that kind of power and that kind of summoning, don't you think if they loved you like that and they were giving you information like that, they come with some power and other kinds of protections and things like that? Well, when you're summoning other entities besides, when you're summoning entities, they only have a spiritual legal right to operate in a certain way on earth because they do not operate and function here. Now, they have not been given free reign here. We as man with God's spirit on the inside of us has been given free reign. We were given dominion over the earth and the fish of the sea and every creeping thing. We have been given the dominion to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion. We were given that as men, uh, fleshly men with God's spirit on the inside of us, which contains all of the power and all of the things that Jesus himself had, which is why he had to come to be a visible example on how to do this thing right. All right. He was man with God on the inside. So all of those things that he performed, we have at our disposal as well, but we have been dumbed down and brainwashed through the vehicle of religions and other groups and other practices has basically incapacitated our thinking and incapacitated our power and ability to function and operate. So we're giving, it's okay. I'm in agreement, give honor where honor is due, but do not, when you start uh, attaching acts to that, you start going into realms there's atmospheres, there's the cosmic realm, there's the spiritual realm, there's the substratosphere, there's above and below. So you're starting to bring things out of different realms that you know not what you're bringing when you are pouring out uh, a libation on something and the only knowledge that you have about it is the knowledge that was passed along to you through other people who do it. So it's the blind leading the blind and everybody's falling in a ditch, you understand. So it's not to say that you don't give honor to the ancestors. We, I, I know we have, I don't know all of our family history, but I know that my brother and I are not the first ones to do great things in the earth. Our mother before us, our father before us did. So naturally the ones before them did. So there's a lot of honor to be given down our family line. However, I'm not going to pour out nothing. They're gone. They're going to wherever they're at. And I will give, I give honor in, in I, how I give honor is in my lifestyle. How I give honor is in exercising my gifts and talents. You know, that's how I give honor back to my ancestors by being a doer, not a hearer only. That's how I give honor to my ancestors, but pouring out stuff and summoning and prayers to them and all of that stuff that's out of spiritual order. And because there's a lack of understanding regarding spiritual order, we're drawing things to the earth that I believe is keeping a somewhat of a curse. Now, see, a lot of people are not going to like that. A lot of people are going to take me to task on that. I'm, I'm fit for the challenge. I'm fit for it. You know, but when we are, when we do things, when you believe in things you don't understand, then you suffer. Stevie Wonder said it. When we believe in things we don't understand, then we suffer. Ain't it happening? What, that was prophetic. What it, is, what it is, is people are running. They're always running. Like I see people running like 
it's good to know where we came from, but you're always running. You need to settle down and know that there is no, Tariq Nasheed said this on his show the other day, there is no escape hatch to this. If you run over in Africa, you're going to see white supremacy. If you go to Jamaica, Bahamas, uh, Trinidad, Tobago, you go over to Haiti, most definitely. You go over to the Dominican Republic, uh, Republic right? You're going to see white supremacy. So there is no escape hatch to this. It's nice to be a tourist, but when you come and you sit down in it, you see the funk of it when you get to places and you say it looks nice it's all glitz glamour but then you, you'll be on hollywood boulevard and you'll say oh that's nice but then if you if you're there and you're trying to make it and you stay long enough you start to smell the scum of the sidewalks the the funk of it you start to see the people who tried to make it who are strung out doing their thing on Hollywood Boulevard. And it's not that tinsel town and glitz and glamor anymore. So people are running on what they think something is better someplace else when the grass isn't greener. You have to stand in, you have to fight it here, you have to do it here. And calling if you call on the ancestors, call on the ancestors to go to war for you. You know, make it some make it some Marvel DC type stuff where a whirlwind comes in and wipes the army that wants to drop a bomb on the move movement or wanted to destroy Tulsa, Oklahoma or Rosewood or run the freeways through business districts, all black own business districts all throughout the United States. Where were the ancestors to come in and upend that? Turn over those tractor trailers. Turn over the back holes. Turn over the back holes. See, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, the 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 trick is here's the secret. You are the proof of truth of who your ancestors were. Because when that part of the line ends, what kind of uh, testicular or intestinal fortitude do you have to make it happen in your realm of influence, in your sphere of influence? Have you even developed a sphere of influence? Do you even have influence anywhere? Let me tell you, those of y'all who running over to Africa and saying you're going to run over there, where, what part of Africa are you running to? Do you know exactly what part you're going to run to? Um, and like he said earlier about knowing about the, the, the electrical lines and, and things like that. Do you know any of that? Some of y'all will be back here in less than six months. Less than six months when your modern conveniences, you're not going over to slaughter. No, uh, you ain't going to catch no fish. You ain't peeling the skin back. You're not scaling it. You're not cooking it on an outdoor fire that you had to make yourself. You're not going to skin. You still eat meat. You're not going to go out and kill no bison. You're not going to cut his head off. You're not going to take his uh, skin off. You're not going to be able to clean it. Do you know which parts are, are, are edible and which parts are not? I mean, you're not going to do You're going to be back here in less than six months. You know why? And some of y'all are going to be mad. I don't care. You are too soft for that because you ran from here. You couldn't stand here. You're going to go over somewhere where you don't even have the modern conveniences 
of life ain't study even do you know how to do you know agriculture do you know how to plant a garden plant some vegetables plant some fruit you how you gonna start off we're gonna get some food from if you got to start from scratch you willing to uh, uh, uh go and and, and eat some wild uh, locusts and berries while you growing your garden and stuff, you know? And you don't know how to do it. You gotta take the time to educate yourself on how to do all this stuff. It's gonna take you longer than six months to educate yourself. You haven't even started educating yourself here and you gonna go run over there. You don't know what part of Africa you going to because you don't know which part your ancestors actually came from. You gonna go over there and Ubuku gonna be looking at you like, who are you? You look like a threat. You look like one of them lazy people from over there and it would be right because you ran from over here to over there and not being a an asset, but a liability. Listen, you- listen, wait, wait. <laughs> uh, Patrice said, I'm done with organized religion. Our religion, spirituality was stolen from us and we now practice the white man's Christianity Sad, but true. And Patrice, I am inclined to agree with you. And a lot of a lot of our people will be very upset about that because they've been so deeply indoctrinated and so deeply entrenched. But what it comes down to is no matter what your belief system is or what how you believe and what you practice, it's only as powerful or weak as you demonstrated to be. So, you know, we are the proof of the truth of whatever it is that we are toting to be true. We are the proof of that. If we don't prove it, ain't no proof. If there's no manifestation, then there's no no uh, no precedent. Without manifestation, there's no precedent on which to va- base the validity of that particular thing. So we have to be proof of whatever it is. Right, right. Uh, Patrice said, Akon is building a modern community in Senegal. Well, Patrice, you know, what's funny about Akon, let, let, let me take a drink of water. To quench my human thirst. I'm, I'm alive here now, so. I'm gonna quench my thirst right now. Listen, Akon, when, when that first came out, I was like, oh, look at Akon. He's doing something for his people. All right, he's opening up a community in Senegal. He's making his own city. It's made after him. It's fashioned in his own image. I said, oh, Akon must have been rich. I'm locked up. I'm locked up. You know, he, he was doing that music and But come to find out, Patrice, guess where Akon is getting a majority of his funding from? Tanya, I'm gonna ask you, can you tell me what group of people Akon is getting his funding from? You know, I did come across that a couple of years ago, but I forgot because I didn't count it as significant. So I just didn't commit it to memory. But yeah, he is getting it from somewhere. Okay. All right. So, Akon is getting his funding 
from the same people who own the ports of Ethiopia, own a lot of the West African ports. These people are kicking Nigerians out of their country, blaming them for the COVID. And they are brutalizing people in their within their own continent within their country. We are talking about Akon is getting his funding from the Chinese. And when that bill comes due, when that bill comes due, when they say, hey, like they told, uh, what they, was that Ghana? They told them, no, we were calling in on the rail, on the uh, speed rail trains. We're calling in on that now. And he said, wait a minute, I thought we had so many times. No, we're calling in on it now. And then the Ghana president said, we're kicking you out, we're kicking you out. <laughs> when that bill is called due, sooner than when it's supposed to be, we're gonna see where the rubber hits the road. Cause you know, the revolution will be televised, they say. But right now, the revolution will not be televised in Akon Senegal community. It will not be televised in the lily white communities that were built in South Africa by Africanas. It will not be televised in the European nations. No, the the revolution will not be televised in lily white Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York City, Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky. The revolution will not be, be televised. But you know where the revolution will be televised for Caucasians? Every time you turn on the news, look at the doctors that will be taking care of you. Who are the majority of the doctors that they interview on MSNBC and CNN about this COVID-19 are Indians from India. India. That's where the revolution will be televised, right in the hospitals, Caucasians. Why you're worried about American blacks? The Indian population come here. Like, like you opened it up to South Pacific, and you opened it up to uh, the Indians from India. They're going to take everything that you have from you, Caucasian. They're not gonna be like American blacks to say, live and let live, we're just gonna do our thing. No, they're gonna come in and take everything from you. That's where the revolution is gonna be televised. Why would I listen to a group of people who 
when they come from their country, they're considered slum dogs. They're considered the untouchables. Why would I listen to them about that? Matter of fact, the person who did our mother's surgery back in 07 was an Indian. That's right. India. And what did he do? They took the cancer out, but they went back in the same, during the surgery, and took her stomach out and put a pouch in to experiment. Who was the person who didn't want to take the breathing tube out as instructed, and it was a whole nother day before they finally took the breathing tube out of our father, and they were supposed to be attacked, was an Indian from India. Now, let me be clear. When I say an Indian from India, they could be first and second generation here, but their people are immigrants and not people who have been here since 1619. So people like uh, uh, Kyle, his people, and people like you who look for this white ethno state, guess what? You're entrusting your health care to Indians from Indians and Indians from India say, hey, you've had too much and it's our time and hey, take these pills. Hey, let's experiment. Hey, you drop off the planet. You only live to about 76. That is our father lived to 86. And if it wasn't for this condition, the conditions out here right now, he would have been well into his 90s. 76? You're dropping off the planet fast and these people are going to, besides the environment and your low birth rate, Caucasians, and your ignorance towards the people who were here who could take this over and keep it running. You're letting in everyone else and these Indians are going to teach you. They may have melanin, but they don't have that kind spirit that American blacks have, right? Because I keep on asking, if we have ancestors, how come we're not putting the ancestors to work? They can come and be dialed up, you know, get on in there and start ripping them, you know, let's let's do this, right? But no, the environment is doing it, the ozone is doing it, the sun is doing it, the low birth rate is doing it, the people who you are trusting. When you go to the hospital, you either have Vietnamese or Koreans intaking your information. When you get to the higher levels, you have an Indian from India uh, helping you. They are going to teach you Caucasians that this will never be a ethno state because no matter how much they love the country, like they love the country, but they don't love you because your actions are so crass and so evil and so devilish that how could they love you? You know, you whipped us in shape, you know. 
you gave us white Jesus, so you know we look at you, and then we can't really, you know, <laughs> touch you. You know, white Jesus, like they killed white Jesus and white Joseph. Kyle did, and that's the only reason that he's possibly going to get life. Because if it had been some blacks, Mike would have been on the line today talking about no. I could see that it could clearly be self-defense because he just killed some beast out there and we don't care what you're talking about Martin Luther Kuhn we don't care about what you're saying about that all that is laughable because the Indians from India are going to teach you a lesson because you're in, you're entrusting them with your health care that's that's you know what that is so true that is so true and i'm going to tell you something else about um the indians uh, from india and some other ones that come over from other countries first of all they don't respect the american um culture as far as diet they think that you know and we do kill ourselves you know until you get some wisdom you are eating all kinds of stuff, uh, GMO uh, foods, um, you know, foods with a lot of sodium, you know the drill. So when they come over here, they already have a predisposition towards you. And uh, we are frozen. We are frozen. We are frozen. Okay, you're, you're frozen, but I'm, I'm hearing you, and we're moving, and I'm looking on the okay, uh, output. Now I yeah, see we're I'm cool. Moving. Now I see it. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, they they're already have a predisposition towards their, uh, you know, uh, how they feel about our American culture, American society. So when they come over, the whole thing is an experiment. Every treatment that they're giving you is an experiment. So this is the reason why, I mean, but you know, I caution, I don't tell everybody to do what I did, but, or do what I do. But, you know, you're going to have to educate yourself. Listen, go to YouTube University, it's free. And uh, you're going to have to educate yourselves about your different health issues, what you are predisposed to through your family line, you know, what's been in your bloodline as far as causes of death and things like that. You're going to have to educate yourself and know if you're predisposed to some things and how to hit that stuff off. Remember, they are practicing medicine, which means they're practicing, not practicing as a verb, but practicing like, you know, this is practice. We, we get practice. We're having rehearsals on your body we're experimenting on you we're practicing so the way i see it uh we got a 50 50 chance and in fact i have a better chance the odds are better for me practicing on myself my because i have my own best interest in heart and practicing on myself so i'm not meant and just look in the journal of medicine and look at the symptoms and start prescribing medicine for the symptoms at the top of the list then this medicine has caused another illness, but it was the wrong illness you was treating because you started at the top of the list. You didn't know because you were practicing. You're having rehearsals on my body. No, 
Okay? So we're going to have to be active in our brains. We're going to have to expand out. I remember one time D told me, because I was like, I ain't taking no algebra. What's that for? I'm not going to be a chemist or a scientist. Turns out I do a whole lot of uh, mixing with with different things (laughs) as far as uh, all natural things. But I said, I'm not going to ever use this. This is some kind of thing they're making us take to say that they're preparing us for college. I don't need no uh, algebra. And he explained to me that it is training you how to think outside the box, how to stretch your brain. And looking at it from that perspective, I could hear it then. I'm like, okay, there's some wisdom here with that. Learning how to solve formulas and learning how to solve equations and things like that, that is causing you to have to think. So you have to train your mind to be active to think so that we not having to take all kinds of mental drugs later on, you know, to to help us think because we're getting slow in the mind, right? So we're going to have to, all the stuff that we talked about today in the last two broadcasts is telling us that we're going to have to think outside of what we've been taught. We're going to have to think outside what we've been told. We're going to have to think outside what's been put before us and told it's the truth by a bunch of liars. Why am I going to accept truth from a liar? You've been lying, but you tell me you're giving me truth. Something don't add up. So we're going to have to be able to be thinkers and free thinkers, not tied into systems that benefit other people besides ourselves. Else we're just sitting ducks out here. We're going to keep on going like that and then asking them, Please, uh, Mr. Johnson, can you pass a law that's going to be uh, to our benefit? Please, Mr. Johnson, please, please, Mr. Johnson, Mr. Johnson. Or, or you get so far in the advancement for American black people, then when the Caucasian comes around, all of a sudden you just break it off and say thank you because you seriously really wanted to just be hugged by the Caucasian. So we have to wake up. We have to get out the mindset and begin to have a mind state. So people, this has been another robust episode. Let me tell you, as they roll the red carpet out for more white boy killers in the future, just remember that they're rolling out the carpet for more white boy killers over here, right? They're rolling the carpet out to deal with us, but there is a group of people who don't care about us as much as they don't care about them, and they will be televising the revolution inside of the hospital systems. And this is going to be something else. You're talking about dwindling in numbers. The more Indians from Indian India that comes over, they're talking about electing Kamala Harris vice president, but she's really going to be the president and she leans more towards her exactly. Indian people. This is going to be something to watch because this, all this whites 
killing whites, right? White on white crime. Black people are supposed to be sitting out this election anyway. I'm not gonna vote for Biden. I didn't sell dope, but he sent so many of my people away. Generation X, my sisters and I's generation were experimented on. He gets no vote. Donald Trump, we know he's a racist, right? But some of his policies work, but you can't vote for him because he's openly racist. My opinion, my opinion, just my opinion. So you can't vote for him. So you sit it out and let the souls of white folks, you know that book, The Souls of Black Folks? Well, this is a battle for the souls of white folks. They're already killing each other up. And remember, we talked about on the film review, TFR Podcast Live, we said that that the Caucasian had to put some skin and blood in the game. We're starting to see skin and blood in the game, but it's still not enough because we've had 401 years of skin and blood in the game. These beautiful countries, like I I showed you the map of the Midwest, right? Beautiful country, rolling hills in the fall, the different colors of the trees, but those trees from the Midwest to where it connects into the South, into the South, are all stained with the blood of American black people. That's true. Who after they were emancipated, began the great nadir and the lynchings from the Dixiecrats while the Republicans looked on. All the trees had strange fruit and they are beautiful, but the soil is saturated with our blood. So people, we sit this one out. We sit this one out, we vote down ballot, make sure we get some of those people who are the invasion of the black body snatchers out, most of the CBC, get them out of there. Put in people who are actually American black that will push, ignore the bylaws of being a black politician, not actually doing anything for your people, and bypass that and take the risk to get the bullet like Megger, like uh, Malcolm, like Martin, etc, etc. Take the chance or take the opportunity to be brave to face the lynch rope head on. Huh? That is what we're talking about, right? This is what we're talking about, right? So we sit this one out because, you know, to tell you the truth, organizational-wise and presentation-wise, the RNC presentation for their convention was better than the DNC presentation of their convention, right? way better, which means the organization that automatically lets you know that the organization is better, right? 
but it's racist. So we have to sit this out, sit this one out, and it's about the souls of white folks. And if you feel any differently, I'm sorry to tell you. You are a coon for the Democrat Party and you just want to be hobnobbing. Yeah, go on. Go on. You want to have that hot sauce in your purse. <laughs> you want to be with someone who is they say is black, but neither one of her parents come from the lineage of, but you're going to say, hey, she was a AKA. She's not going to feel the pain of the struggle. She's not going to feel the pain of the struggle because that's not where her people came from. And so if you want to be duped again, how about this? Even though it's not about the shade of skin, but how about we go get somebody that's clearly an American black and and put them in the office? How about that? You know, I mean, she's not going to do it. And people are in for a rude awakening if they think that. Um, like I watched her like, I, well, I was thinking about the Democratic National Convention. I was thinking about their strategy. Their whole strategy was to point fingers at the RNC or the RN or Republicans. And that sounds like I, for some reason in my spirit, I feel like that strategy came directly from her. I don't feel like Biden has much of the strategy. Like D just said, she's going to be the president, not him. She's she's going to be the face of the vice president, but if if they make it, I don't I personally prefer Donald Trump to be back in there. I'm going to sit it out though because we're not going to have enough of us that agree on that point. Um but I urge you to go back and look at policies and go back and look at the things that the media did not tell you that he did that did benefit black people because I hear black people so passionately and so quickly say he's he's racist he has done nothing for us uh, go look again there were things that benefited us no it wasn't held up in a, a big banner saying this was done for black people but there were things that happened that benefited us including the building of the wall uh, you know, for when he was talking about the building on the wall from the Mexicans coming in, that benefited us because they were going to be brought in at pennies on the dollar for wages. You have to pay us fair wages according to the law. And so if they were barred for coming in, it did us a justice to bar them from coming in. Guess yeah. what? The Mexicans are not going to do that for us. They're not going to say, oh, uh, let the black people into this country, let them in. It's wrong that you're not letting them in. Now they're going to say, no, keep them out of there. Now. I don't want your men coming in here messing with our women and procreating with our women and stuff like that. You know, so they're not going to have the same bleeding. Not only. So you. Go not ahead. only the Mexicans. Not only the Mexicans, but the El Salvadorians. Remember, they had the caravan and they were coming all the way from South America and said, we're going to walk into America. And they said, if that had been some Democrats, they said, welcome, come on in. We've got some jobs for you because we've been trying to get rid of these Negroes since they were no longer free since 1865. 
no longer free labor, but they're free. We wanted to get rid of them for so long. Come on in and we're going to give you these jobs. We don't care what, what kind of disease you bring, what type of drugs you bring, what type of ailments you bring, what type of staph infection, anything else. Come on in because we've been trying to get rid of these and we're going to give you favorite status and they're going to send these Negroes straight to Beast Hell. Yeah, story at 11. But the revolution will not be televised in your lily white picket fence with one and a half children. No, it will not be televised at your country clubs where it's white only. It won't be televised at your golf clubs where it's white only. It won't be televised in your suburbs that you went way out where raccoons are in your backyard suburbs. It will not be televised. But you know where the revolution will be televised for the Caucasians that want a white ethno state. It will be televised in the hospital systems. We were the warm up. The American blacks are the warm up for the Indians from Indian, but when they finally get to you, wow, we're, we're, we're sorry, we did not know that this drug would kill you this fast. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another great, robust episode of TFR Podcast Live presents <laughs> Observations by Crazy D with my special, special guest co-host, Tanya M. Ellsbury. Make sure that you friend her. Make sure you friend Crazy on Dion's. Right. Make sure you go over to Instagram and follow Tanya M. Congress there. Follow uh, Crazy D Film Dude there. Make sure you go to Cash App, hashtag TFR Podcast Live, dollar sign, TFR Podcast Live and smash a few dollars. Make sure you smash that like button. Smash this share button because the information that we brought to you today is invaluable. And you got to bring some notebooks or your, or your tablet or your smartphone and take these notes and run with it. Because believe it or not, we are giving you the vocabulary to speak to these Caucasians that want that white ethno state and we're telling you what the future is going to look like wow last words Tanya we got to 216 left uh, we appreciate you guys for coming on and listening to us and, and gleaning from the words that we give you. Uh, we trust that they're going to help you in making your further decisions. We always seek to empower and seek to educate, um, not to take away, but to give to you. All right. So tune in with us tomorrow. We're going to have something fresh for you every day. And we appreciate you. So, people, that's it. Don't forget, this Sunday, 5.30 p.m. on the Film Review Life channel, that's 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 Eastern, is the Film Review, TFR Podcast Live. We've got episode 128, and we're running down the 240,000 death prediction concerning COVID. 
How close are we? And is the media continuing to lie to you? All right, people. So that's it. This is another robust. It's over. We're, we're done for another day. We will see you tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. Pacific, 12.30 uh, noon Eastern. And we're out of here until tomorrow. Here's the thing about your movie, why I made the curator's pick of the Hollywood French community. Unity, 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 un